So now I know what it feels like to do those little intros. Yeah, that's, they're, they're not really cool. I've learned my lesson. Touche. <laughs> How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm excited uh, to get to speak this morning. I'm also super excited for Toller. Just, just unbelievable. He's out there, you know. It just seems like just yesterday we were talking about doing it. He's out there doing it. You know, he's, he's starting up. He's in Greenville, and he's planting a church. It's pretty incredible, huh? Knowing that he, he came out from here, and he's, he's, he's doing it right now. He's, he's, he's talking to somebody right now saying how much Jesus loves him. So it's just awesome. We just are so excited about what... Uh, what God has for him and, and there in that area. But if this is your, your first time here, uh, again, we just want to say an extra special welcome. Thank you for coming. And right up front, I'm going to apologize to you because I know you've heard about this awesome uh, pastor that's a surfer that is just incredible, that is the coolest guy ever. I know I said I wouldn't do it again, but I was going to do it again. And uh, you don't get him this morning, you get me. But if you come back next week, he will be up here. So uh, I want to give just a brief little overview of, of what we've been doing. Uh, we started a series a few weeks ago called Fast Forward. And, and when Tim first told me about this series, uh, i got to be honest, I didn't really put two and two together. I didn't get fast forward with fasting. I was thinking fast forward like a BCR, like boom, we're going to hit fast forward, and we're going to be like moving quick with God, and things are just going to be like vision and stuff, and it's going to be awesome, it's going to be fast, and and then I, like, I saw the picture he had of like the empty bowl, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's not a VCR. That's, a, that's no food. Like, fast, fasting. Oh, I get it. It took me a little while, but I got it. And uh, it's been, it's been a, kind of a, a, a crazy ride. But the, the first week in the series, uh, Tim talked about some of the, the right reasons and the wrong reasons why we fast, and, and, and then last week, Tim talked about uh, some of uh, what comes out of fasting, what, what we could expect during the fast, and then some of the, the things that fasting produces in our life, and he showed in Acts how this, what he called the band of misfits with Paul, and uh, all these guys got together, and uh, they got together, and they fasted, and they prayed, and they started the first church there in Acts, and he just showed us how uh, the the real benefits uh, of, of of fasting was last week, and and I got to tell you, uh, uh, this week um, it's, it's been kind of a, a rough week for me because my wife is gone. She is in Texas. It was her dad's birthday, and her mom did like a surprise birthday party and flew her into Texas. So she has been gone this whole week. So I have not had her here. Also, I've realized that there's, there's like four main loves in my life. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Four Loves, and, and I've, you know, I have the same kind of thing going on. One is I, I love my wife. Number two is I love Jesus. Number three is I love surfing. And number four is I love food. I mean, I really love food. I mean, it is good. But this week, my wife has been gone, so I have not had my wife. And... I have had little food with the meals that I have been, been missing, and there has been no waves at all to speak of, so I haven't got to surf at all. So th- there came a point whenever uh, I, w- I was at the house, and I-, I opened up the fridge, and it was like lunchtime, and I'm just looking, and I'm like reaching for the ham and cheese sandwich, you know, and all of a sudden, like, Jesus is right there, and he's like, Lucas, w- what are you doing? And I'm like, 
I'm just looking. It's all good. And he's like, sure. You know how he gives you that look? Sure, you're looking. No, seriously, I'm just looking. Yeah, okay. And then I'm like, Jesus, what are you doing? My wife's gone. There's no waves. I can't eat. And you're not the coolest right now. Come on. Everything's gone. So it's been a little bit of a rough, rough week, but, but it's good. Uh, but I tell you, tell you what has happened. Today, uh, I, I read a story that I, that I think is going to pertain to us as a church. But before I, I tell you about the story, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a moment in your life or, uh, where you're talking to friends or you're reading a story and, and, and you can relate to what that person's talking about? You, the, the person's telling you what's going on in their marriage or what's going on with their children, and you're just like, man, I have been through that before. I know exactly what you're talking about, I can relate. And it's just this, what I call a deja vu moment where, you know, you weren't there before, but it just feels like you were there. And then you open up the Bible and you read a story and you read the story and you're like, I know what this guy was going through. It feels like he is telling my story. And you begin to read and you're just like, well, sometimes you relate to the good guy. And you're like, yeah, and I'm, I'm like David and I'm killing the giants and stuff. And then other times you're more like Goliath and you're the bad guy. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's me sometimes too. And, and you relate, but you feel like you're a part of this story. And you feel like you've heard it before, and you've had this deja vu moment. And uh, I read a story this week that I had that moment. And, and in this story, and, and today's message, what we're going to talk about is we're going to take a look at, at, at Seacoast Vineyard as a church, and we're going to kind of see some of our, our history of where we've been, where we are now, and where I believe the Lord has taken us. So it's going to be a, a real historical look, uh, a present circumstances, and then a real prophetic view of, I think, where God has taken the church in. And it's going to be a moment of deja vu where, where, you read, where we read the story and we say, wow, I, I see how God is, has moved so long ago, 2,000 two plus years ago, 4,000 years ago, and it's the same story today. So let's take a look. We're going to be reading out of Nehemiah. Chapter 1, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. On the screen is going to be the NIV. Um, I'm going to create a new version of the Bible called the Lucas Version that has all the hard words erased. And nothing that's over like two syllables is going to be in that. So it's going to be a real thin Bible. But uh, I'm going to try my best to read some of these words. I got them pretty good the first service, so I'm working on it. But we're going to read. Okay, Nehemiah, chapter 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakla. Is that pretty good? Hakla? How'd you like to be named Hakla? Anyway, okay. It came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, while I was in Susan the Citadel, that Hanai, one of my brethren, came with the men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity that are in the providence are in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is all broken down and the gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, You know the covenant and the mercies which those you love and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive. Let your eyes be open 
that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, who your servants confess the sins of your servants, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinance which were commanded from your service from your servant Moses. Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, through some though some will be cast out into the farthest parts, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these things now these are the servants and your people whom you have redeemed by the great power and your strong hand. O oh Lord, I pray, I pray, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Xerxes, in the, I tried so hard to get that word right that I lost my place. It is exerces. The X, I was like exertaxis, but it is exerces. Anyway, uh, that when, the, when the wine was before him, and he took the wine and gave it to the king, and I had never been sad in his presence before. So as I was reading this, uh, reading this, this story this week, um, it kind of hit me. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you're at a point in your life. Um, actually, let, let me back up. It, it hit me that our church was founded. We're, we're, we're coming up on our twelfth anniversary, and over twelve years ago, our church was birthed out of a concern. If you read on the back door, it says our mission to love the people of the Grand Strand into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Twelve years ago, uh, God put in the hearts of our pastors that here in the Grand Strand, they looked out and they saw a vision of, of what could be, what should be, and what is going on in our area right now. And they had a concern. They wanted people that did not know Jesus Christ to be able to have the opportunity to know him and know his love. And as we sit here this morning, the, the purpose, the mission still remains the same. There's people out there that don't know Jesus Christ. And we exist to lift up his name and to show them his love and, and all the goodness that he has and has for them. And, and we want to love them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and see, it, the church was birthed out of a concern. Just like Nehemiah where it says, he was, he was hanging out with, uh, in the land that he was in, and, and then all of a sudden his brothers and his friends came in. And his first question is, before he even says hi or anything, he asked them concerning the Jews, concerning something that was on his heart, was his first question to them. And I would ask you this morning, what is it that concerns you? What is it that tugs at your heart? When Nehemiah heard of the state of his people, it says that he, he broke down and he kneeled before God and he cried. He wept. He fasted. And he prayed for many days. What is it that concerns you to the point that when you hear about it, you cry and you fast and you weep and you mourn 
And it takes you to the point of tears. See, as a church now, we're at a point, and we're, we're in this series of fast forward where we're fasting, and, and we're going to try to get a new building, and we're at a state where we, we, need, we need God to show up because there's people out there that still don't know His goodness. And it still breaks our hearts. And there's still a concern to know that we could share the love of Jesus Christ. And we're fasting. And we're praying not just for uh, a, a building, but we're fasting and praying for an opportunity. We're fasting and praying for an, an opportunity to tell more people about Jesus Christ. An opportunity to, for more people to come in. And more children to have room to play. To get to know uh, Jesus and what he has for them, and, and, and the goodness of Jesus Christ. And what is it that concerns you? Maybe, maybe whenever somebody tells you the story, maybe when you were watching that video of, of, of the teenagers and just the state that they're in, maybe your heart went out. And it's a concern of yours. And you're, and you're hearing you say, maybe, you know, you've been at the church for a while, you've been a part, and you, you don't really know where you fit in. You don't really know, well, where is my place? What is it that, that, that God has for me to do? And you're not really sure and you're wondering. Well, let me tell you, a good place to start is to ask yourself that question. What concerns me? What is it that brings us to the point of tears? What is it that I have to do with my life? I have to, I have to go and, and help this young man learn what it is to be a man. To help this young child grow up and learn that Jesus loves her and that she could learn to read and learn to write and helping. Maybe you have a passion for a business. Maybe you have a passion for uh, a, new, a new outreach to your community. Maybe it's a passion for cooking. Maybe you have a passion for uh, doing something that's just nobody knows about it, and it's tucked away deep in your heart, and it's a concern of what could be, what should be, and what's not present. And, but still we're asking ourselves, where do we fit in? I think a good first step is to, to, to be like Nehemiah and, and realize what concerns us, realize what tugs at our heart and pulls at us, realize what's, what's going on. And see, the, the thing is, when, when, we, when we read this, when we as a church, move into a time where we, we have a concern for our area, we have a concern for people that we want to see the love of Jesus Christ shed, that it moves us to this time of, of prayer and fasting that we're in now. And uh, it's, it's refreshing, and it's hard. You know, this week, as, as I was uh, talking with the Lord, I said, you know, you know, God, uh, instead of the fasting thing, you know, couldn't we do like all the Old Testament, all the feast and stuff? Can we like have a, a series on on all the the feasts that you did so we could just like eat all the time and like we could everybody go out as a church and like go to all the restaurants and we just eat, 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 you know? That would be way cooler. I'm like, I would love that. You know, that'd be awesome. But then he kind of spoke to me, and I was like, you know, the, the fasting, maybe we could you know, just kind of skip that for a while. And he said to me, it's like, you know, yeah, we could do that, but then you wouldn't have the best of me. And I realized it's true. 
You know, it, it's fun to, to be at the party and be at the feast. And, and the fasting is hard. But comes it, what comes with it is the best of him. There's another part of, of him in, in our relationship that I get to know. And I get to explore. And he reveals himself to me in a different way. And, and I find myself like Nehemiah, heartbroken on the ground. And, and, and as we've learned in the couple previous weeks that we become more sensitive to the things around us. And I come, become more sensitive to the heart of Jesus Christ and the things that break his heart. And I, and I begin to see things in a different light and my relationship with him grows. And I get a little bit of the best of him even in the hard times when it's not the feast times. And I get to explore a new avenue with Jesus. But here's the thing is I like it fast. I want, I want things to come fast. The series called Fast Forward, but Tim made reference that when you're fasting, it doesn't feel fast forward. It feels slow motion because I'm hungry. You know, the bionic man's supposed to be moving really fast, but he's all slow on TV. And it feels really slow. Minutes turn into hours. Hours turn into days because it doesn't feel like it's moving as fast as I like. And See, we read this portion of Scripture, and it, it took me just a couple minutes to read it, but it starts off, and it says it's the month of Chislev, and then we read for about two or three minutes, and then we get down to, to chapter 2, and then all of a sudden it's the month of Nisan. And on their calendar, a period of six months had passed. See, it took me about two minutes to read what took Nehemiah six months to go through. It took Nehemiah six months of crying out to the Lord and fasting and praying and asking God, what is my part? Show me. How can I do it? How can, you know, this is the state, and Lord, please. But it just takes a minute when we read the Scripture. And, and, and when we begin to fast, we want everything to move really quick, and it doesn't move as fast as we like, and things don't go. And I know you're, you're praying for your children, but your children aren't acting the way they should, as quick as you would like them to. Or your marriage isn't going as great as it should. It's taking some time, and isn't it called fast forward, but it feels like slow motion. And here's the thing. This is a huge revelation. So you've got to write this down. There's a little thing in your notes that says, notes, this is going to be awesome. You're going to look at this for the next 10 years and be like, it's incredible. I'm just letting you know. I'm building it up. Okay? So you'll remember. And that is this. You will never... Ever be 33 years old until you're first 32. It's big. I know. That's huge. Oh, my goodness. I never realized that. You'll never be 33 until you're first 32. But how many times do we want to skip that step? How many times in life do we just want to move into it and just like the Ten seconds have gone by. I have a heart for it. We're good. Let's skip the whole fasting and praying the morning thing and all that other stuff. And then, boom, we're into it. And six months has passed. A year has passed. Five years has passed. And we're still fasting. And, but, man, can it move faster? And we're praying. And, and we want the business to start up right now. And we just think that a million dollars is going to just show up at the doorstep. Or, you know, because it's a process that we go through. And sometimes we forget that the process is part of the journey. It's part of 
getting to know the best of him, even in the hard times. And, you know, there, there's a statistic that says people that win the lottery go broke, like 90% of them, you know, because it came easy. It was right there. It was quick. And they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't have a plan. So as we continue to read, we see, we see that Nehemiah goes before the king. And he says, I have never been sad in his presence before. Therefore, the king said to me, why is your face sad since you are not sick? Is there, there, is there nothing but sorrow of heart? So I became dreadfully afraid. And I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad? In the city, the place of my father's tomb lies in waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, with the queen sitting beside him, How long will your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to to send me, and I set him a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let me have letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that I may permit me to pass through it and have safe passage. Then a letter to uh, Asaph, the keeper of the king's force, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates and for the citadel, which pertains to the temple for the city wall and the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. So, so Nehemiah's friends have come into town. He's heard about the city. He's fallen down. He's prayed. He's fasted. Six months have gone by, and now he gets his opportunity to stand before the king. And the king says to him, why are you sad before me? And and Nehemiah tells his story. And and as as a church, we've we've gone through a place of of concern and and heartbeat for what we want for our area. And now God's moved us into a place of of fasting and praying and seeing what he he is going to move us into. And see, here's the thing. The whole time that he was praying and fasting, he was putting together a plan. Because when he got his chance, when he got his moment, he was ready for it. Because the king's first question was, well, what do you want to do? What, what, what is it? Why, why are you sad? What's, what's going on? Well, how long is it going to take? And if Nehemiah wasn't prepared, he wouldn't be able to move in to what God has for him. And we're at a place where we're fasting and we're praying, but we should also be preparing. And we should be planning ahead for what God has in store for us. We should be prepared for what God already has prepared for us. God is continually preparing us for what he has already prepared for us. It's already there. See, why would God give us another 500 people if we can't contain it? Why would, why would he give you that business if you can't run it? Why would he send you those people to help if you didn't know how to help them? See, we're in a time where we should be preparing. We should have our plans set so that way when the time comes, we can say, this is what we need. This is how long it's going to take. This is what I need to get it done with. 
And see, we're at a spot now, too, which is we have found a building on 27th Avenue, and the building is an old BB&T um, training center. So it's actually owned by the bank. And we're at a place where we're asking the bank, we want to buy your building with your money. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I would like to have that building for free. You give us the money to have your building. Only God can do something like that, because that's awesome. But that is exactly what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah had a concern, and he went, and he stood before the king, and he said, my people's walls are in shambles, and I want you to pay for it. Give me the letters that say I can get all the timber I need, all the help I need, all the safe passage I need, so I can go and do this thing. And God granted it to him. How awesome is that? How much favor is that? Those six months of praying and fasting and getting the heart for those walls and for that city and for those people and formulating a plan. What concerns you? What is on your heart this morning? What is God preparing you for what he already has prepared for you. Will you be ready to step in to what God has for you when the time comes? So Nehemiah's now gone out and uh, he's, he has this time and he's before the king and he tells him what he wants and, and the, the king grants him his request. He's, he's been smart He's been smart with his time, with, with the fasting. He's prepared. He's planned. And now he gets together, and he's rallying the people together in, in the inner chapter. Two. He, he goes out. He looks at the walls. He sees what state they're in. And then he gets everybody together, and he says, this is what we have to do. This is what it's going to take. Guys, I need you to be a part of it. And, and then he, he, he gives them the good and the bad. This is the opposition that we're going to face. The, these people are going to talk bad about You're going to have to work with a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other hand, and things are going to happen, but there is a cause, and it's worth it. And we are going to rebuild these walls. We are going to rebuild this city, and his name is going to be glorified. And we're at a place where the exact same thing is happening. There's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some opposition but is there not a cause? Is it not worth it to love the people of the Grand Strand into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because I don't want to get to the end of my life. And see, there, there's, a, there's been a study where, where, two, where people get to the end of their life and regret comes in two different forms as, as a majority. One is you can regret some of the things that you've done. Some of the things that you wish that you hadn't have done. But then it also comes in another form. It comes in the form of regretting the things that you didn't do. And that's the one that concerns me. Because the blood of Jesus Christ has washed all the bad stuff I've done. And I want to move in to what he has for me. And I want to be one that takes that step of faith that step of courage, so I could lay down at an old age and say, you know what, I gave it my all. I gave it 100%, and there's no regrets.
And what is it that God's placing in your heart? What, what ministry, what outreach, what business, what family situation? How can you give to another one? How can you release the gift that God has inside of you to someone else? How can you bless another one? What concerns you? What's your plan? What are you moving towards? And when you have your opportunity to stand before the king, what will take place? See, as we continue to read on in chapter 3, it says, he's rallied the people, and then it says, uh, Elizabeth, the high priest, rose up with his brethren and the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it. They hung the doors, and they built as far as the Tower of Hundred, and then they consecrated that. Then they went as far as the Tower of Hanal, and then next to him was Elishasheb, and then there was Jericho, and then there was this other guy, and then there was Meshubinmu, and then some other guy's name that I can't pronounce, and, and Kizakistan, and all these guys were just chilling, and Zodiac guy, and Meshubibu guy, and Tokyo guy, and they're all chilling, and they have their place on the wall, and they're working together to rebuild the wall, and they all have their place, and that is where we are at today. Everyone in this church has their place. Everyone in every church has their place. Everyone on this planet has their place in rebuilding the wall in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and my question this morning is, what is your place. See, right now, we have Tim standing beside Karen, and Karen standing beside Steve, and Steve standing beside Chris, and Chris standing beside Mark, and Mark standing beside Linda, and Linda's standing beside Jeff, and Jeff standing beside Alan, and Alan standing beside Naomi. In their place on the wall, what is your place on the wall? What is your place at Seacoast Vineyard? What is your place in life. What is the gift? What concerns you? What is it? See, we see where, where we've been, where we're at now, and where we're going. And I think God is getting ready to do some awesome stuff here. And I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Toller is out there this morning, right now, preaching. <laughs> thought I was going to make it without crying. But how awesome that, this, that we were able to send him out. And he's reaching a whole other group of people that we would never reach. Because they're over there. And he's doing it. And he's a product of a concern. And he has a plan. And he waited. And he put in the time. And now he's stepping in. And everyone in this room today is the product of a concern. Lord God, I just thank you. I thank you for what you're doing here at Seacoast. I thank you that I'm blessed to be a part. I thank you for just knowing you, Lord, and your absolute glory and awesomeness. I thank you in this time of fasting that you're speaking to, to us and, and you're giving us insight and you're breaking our hearts and we're becoming sensitive to our surroundings and to the things that you have for us, Lord. Help us, show us, give us direction. 
Bless us, Lord, as we focus our attention upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. going to take up our offering in just a moment and uh, also if you haven't filled out your connect card yet you got one last chance here to fill it out and get it in if um, lucas had continued to read in chapter three of every person that was found at their spot they would have actually come to uh to us did you realize that in uh, chapter three in verse 14 it says the dung gate was repaired by Malchijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakarim. Beth Hakarim means this in Hebrew. It's the vineyard. <laughs> it's city of the vineyard. That's what it means. And somebody's got to protect the dung gate. I mean, you know. I mean, you know, why not the vineyard? There we are. We have our spot. But in, in all honesty, in history, the Dungate here, this, it was the gate where the watchmen sat, and they would warn the city if there were any enemies coming in. <laughs> you know, the enemy is flooding over us and over this city and over this area, and families just like the video we saw in all kinds of ways. We're not the only church, but we are part of what God's doing here, and that's our part. And Lucas, that was a wonderful word. I, I got to tell you, thank you for your being yeah. Thank you. Well, we're going to take the offering up, put your connect card in here, and then we're going to thank the Lord for the offering after we take it up. So go ahead, guys, and uh, take it up and then bring it up here and we'll pray over it. Thank you, Lord. This afternoon, and actually in just a few minutes, uh, we're going to be out of here. And please come down to State Park, Myrtle Beach State Park. We'll be down there. We're going to do some baptisms. We're going to hang out, have a fun time on the beach this afternoon. Some of us will have our surfboards down there. If you want a surfboard lesson, come on down. I'll bring, I got a bunch of them. I'll bring, I'll bring some boards. Jeff, you're going to be down there. Mark, any of you guys? Yeah, bring your boards. There'll be surfing lessons. Uh, some guys will probably have volleyball and stuff. We'd love for you to come. If you haven't been baptized and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then I want to talk with you. I want to meet with you. And I would love to baptize you this afternoon in, in the beautiful Atlantic Ocean and uh, to make a statement to this world that you have given your life and dedicated the rest of your days to following the Son of God and giving yourself to Him. Bring the offering on back up, guys, if you would. Bring it on up here. Just bring it right back up here. Yeah. I know. I didn't tell you. I didn't warn you. It's, uh, it was an audible, you know. <laughs> I just thought about it. We were at a conference this week uh, with some vineyard pastors in Atlanta. And uh, we were, I was talking with someone. They said, why do we always pray for the offering before we take it up? We should be grateful after we get it. And I was like. Wow. You know, that's awesome. So that's what we're going to do. So come right up here, guys, and we're going to thank the Lord. Let's stand. We're going to sing a song, and then we'll be out of here. Father, thank you for the generosity of your people. 
And thank you for the kindness that you have placed in their heart to give and give faithfully. Now, this is wholly set apart to you, Lord, and for your service. So we thank you for this gift, the evidence of worship this morning, even in the offering, God. This is, this is wonderful. We ask for wisdom to spend it and stretch it, Lord. And we thank you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Well, let's sing this song. I will be over at the welcome table. Lucas will be over at the welcome table. If this is your first time here, we'd love to meet you. Please don't leave before picking up your gift, too. God bless you. Let's sing this. Forget, forgot to tell you also, we have prayer uh, people over here, a prayer team. If there's anything going on in your life, if there's any struggles, if you need healing in your body, please don't leave without getting prayer. You're right over to my right, your left. Waiting hope for you, a shelter and a truth. You are always faithful to your word. Consume our hearts and minds. Be the author of this life. The kingdom come. You will be done. In these times, doubt and sorrow, people need. Hope to cling to your love is an anchor in the storms of life, forever faithful, unfailing love. Never let us down, your promises alive. It's Promises are lies. Waiting hope for you, a shelter and a truth. For you are always faithful to your word. Consume my hearts and my.